Welcome everyone to the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Larry. I just I just don't know this well enough to throw out the doctor. I just I feel <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, well we'll we'll see what I know as as we go okay. through this. But okay. I, I gotta tell you, Steve, there's times I feel like like I feel like this is the first time I ever read this book. You well, know, when I'm going through it, it's it's like where's the background and stuff that I thought was wrong mm, you know mm, mm. <laughs> and yet i do know that that ezra is a critical moment in history the this this priest ezra um and the stuff that he did was was so important that the intertestamental writers the people of the, the that wrote mm-hmm. books in the second temple period mm-hmm. they wrote pseudepigraphic books which meant they had false authorships right yeah, or it meant that they were false pigs. They weren't really pigs. Maybe that was it. it Pseudo- was, oh, pseudopigrapha. Pseudopig. Oh, Pseudopig. yeah. I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, I see yeah. what you did there. Yeah. Nice. You know, nice. Well done. Yeah. I don't feel like we can we can eat reformed ham because <laughs> why, why are we eat them after they get their lives together? Do you remember that? <laughs> That's right. I can't remember right. which comedian did that one. But um, but uh, but the pseudepigraphic literature is was that they they wrote stuff in the intertestamental period and they they ascribed it. To, to people before the time of Ezra. And it was, right. and Ezra was the cutoff. Mm, and mm, so it would mm. be like the Testament of Moses and um, the um, the book of Enoch, the Testament of Moses, the 12 patriarchs, yeah. and these kind of books. Which, so which, it was, which by the way, is a, is, is a series of, of literature you know quite a bit about, come to think of it. So. Well, it's, I did work in it anyway. Yeah. So I, I, you know, to somebody who knows nothing, I know quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. But I'm to a great heavens... <laughs> well, well, he's not here, and I don't care. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but some of those guys, um, well, they were they were they were brilliant, but they also loved this, and they spent a lot of time in it. And yeah. I think that makes up for a lot of brilliance as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> hours devoted sometimes does make up for brilliance. I will admit to that. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, so so as so Ezra is a critically important book. These last two chapters um, are all about intermarriage, mm. and and I'm going to get you're going to read them. We're going to talk about them a little bit, but um, but most commentators feel like Ezra did the right thing, except mm. that one Jewish guy that I read who who really feels that that Ezra ended improperly because they sh- they shouldn't have done what he did. Yeah, and I thought. Well, let's read it and, and we can see. What a lovely way to start that off. Yeah. All right. So, folks, we're going to read Ezra 9 and 10, like Larry said, the last two chapters. If, for those of you playing the at home edition, those are the last two chapters of Ezra. Um, and I'll read through with my usual butchering of names because I'm so happy to do that. But let's pick it up at Ezra 9 and we'll kind of, I'll read until Larry tells me to stop reading. After these things had been done, the leaders came up to me and said, the people of Israel, including the priests and the Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the neighboring peoples with their detestable practices, like those of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, Amorites, and Mennonites. Oh, hang on a second. The Mennonites actually are in there. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I read something else in the text. I'm sorry. It ends ends with Amorites. I'm sorry. Amorites, yes. Yeah. Which, by the way, don't intermarry. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Verse 2. They have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons and have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. 
and the leaders and officials have led the way in this unfaithfulness. When I heard this, I tore my tunic and cloak, pulled my hair from my head and beard, and sat down appalled. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the God, God of Israel gathered around me because of, this un, because of this unfaithfulness of the exiles. I sat there appalled until the evening sacrifice. <clears throat> then at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my self-abasement. Oh, I love that the NIV pulled out self-abasement. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. With my tunic and cloak and torn. What was he doing in the basement? I, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> what is a what is self a basement? Uh, you dig your own basement, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, with my tunic and cloak torn, and fell on my knees with my hands spread out to the Lord my God and prayed. I am. Okay, we'll stop just for a second before we do the prayer. Sounds good. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing because he, it sounds like. All of a sudden, the people came to him after he had done all of this other stuff in the book mm -hmm. of Ezra, you know, and he brought forth the law and all that. And they came to him and surprised him with, <laughs> with the actions of the people around him. Like he would have known from the time he got there that they were they were intermarrying, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen? I was I was shocked to find out. <laughs> I do not know. I was talking to my friend. <laughs> oh, that's an inside joke. Sorry, folks. Anyway. Oh, yes. Our, our, our tennis days. But but so he said, he said, you're doing detestable things like all of these other ones. Mm -hmm. Right. And then this is this is fair. So when when he starts to think about this and the unfaithfulness of his people, then he tears his cloak pulls pulls the hair from his head, hair, head and beard. I don't even know how you do that. You know, maybe mm. waxing, maybe waxing. You do a little wax and then you, you tear it. Because <laughs> if you're just grabbing it and tearing it, you are, these, these guys are tough. They're tougher than us, Steve. Uh, yes, They're they tougher are. Than us. They are. Yeah. Remember, Origen castrated himself with a rock so that he could be more pure. Of course, in his later writings, he said, that was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did not think it through. But then he says, um, he said, because of the unfaithfulness, this this intermarriage, right? Then he sat there with these others. He sat there until the until the mm -hmm. evening sacrifice, <clears throat> and then then he arose and he and he and he has his prayer to God. So now now he's he's done he's done being upset. And this is this is sackcloth and ashes kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm upset before God. He actually, you're going to find out too. He fasts for for a while too, and okay. doesn't take any fluids. So, so he, he honestly is um, um, hurt to the core about, about what, what he's discovered hmm. or what he's finally decided is wrong. Because I don't know how you wouldn't know that this was going on. Yeah. Okay. And then he prays. <laughs> okay. So we're just starting verse six, folks. I, I am too ashamed and disgraced, my God, to lift up my face to you because our sins are higher than our heads and our guilt has reached to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors until now, our guilt has been great. Because of our sins, we and our kings and our priests have been subjected to the sword and captivity, to pillage and humiliation at the hand of foreign kings as it is today. But now for a brief moment, the Lord our God has been gracious in leaving us a remnant and giving us a firm place in his sanctuary. And so our God gives light to our eyes and a little relief in our bondage. Though we are slaves, our God has not forsaken us in our bondage. He has shown us kindness in the sight of the kings of Persia 
He has granted us new life to rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins, and he has given us a wall of protection in Judah and Jerusalem. But now, our God, what can we say after this? For we have forsaken the commands you have gave through your servants, the prophets, when you said, the land you are entering to possess is a land polluted by the corruption of its peoples. By their detestable practices, they have filled it with their impurity from one end to the other. Therefore, do not give your daughters in marriage to their sons or take your daughters for your sons. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them at any time, that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land and leave it to your children as an everlasting inheritance. So, is, so just, just, just before you carry on. So this is, this is all in his prayer of repentance before mm -hmm, God. Mm -hmm. And now when he said the prophets, right, um, as the prophets had said, I, I, I couldn't find anybody that spoke of a particular prophet that said this. There was a little bit in Isaiah uh, 120 that talks about it. There's also, but Deuteronomy, this is, this is sort of the, these are the words of Deuteronomy when they're going Right. When they're going into the land of Canaan and he's he, and he's recounting the law and saying, don't be like these people. Remember, right. We don't do child sacrifices. The, the story of Abraham taught us that. And, and we don't act like the people in the land where we're going and we do not marry in, in intermarriage. So for the Jewish race, intermarriage was wrong. Now, for us, it's not a problem. After the coming of Christ to the Christians, intermarriage wasn't a big deal, but it was part of the Jewish law. Yeah. Right. So it was a communal law. It wasn't a it wasn't a universal law. Yeah. So that's kind of important to know that. So when he's saying this, this is accurate to Judaism. It's not accurate to Christianity. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know about a modern Jews. I think it's still it's still quite accurate to modern Judaism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Remember that one guy, he said he would, he became he, he had he had the sex change. And, and he said so she said I was going out with a Jewish guy. And, and um, his mother wasn't upset about the sex change. She was upset that I wasn't Jewish. <laughs> yeah. And now, nowadays, of course, nobody's no that doesn't bother anybody. But this 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 thing happened in the 19, early 80s mm. when this wasn't a thing that happened. Right. I get you. So, yeah. 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 And so it was kind of interesting. So it's it's very much a Jewish thing that Jewish people marry Jewish people. Right. Right. But not Christian. It's not a Christian thing. Yeah. No, that uh, Christians marry Christians is a Christian thing. Yes. Sort of, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So yeah. I better be a little careful how I approach that. Or yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you meant. No, no, I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 13, yes. So picking it up at 13 now, folks. What has happened to us is a result of our evil deeds and our great guilt. And yet, our God, you have punished us less than our sins deserved and have given us a, a remnant like this. Shall we then break our commands again and intermarry with people who commit such detestable practices? Would you not be angry enough with us to destroy us, leaving no remnant or survivor? Lord, the God of Israel, you are righteous. We left, we are left this day as a remnant. We are here before you in our guilt, though it is not because one of us can, though not because, sorry, bear with me. Here we are before you in our guilt. Though because of it, not one of us can stand in your presence. Yeah, and he's and he, what he's saying here, of course, is because of our sin in the past, we ended up in captivity. Right. The Syrian captivity, the Babylonian captivity, trouble. Even if you go beyond earlier than that, trouble with the Philistines. You know, all of mm -hmm. all of these things that happened to the Israelites. He's saying he's saying we're still in that now because we still belong to Persia, 
but we've had a little bit of grace because Persia's allow us to come back. Right, so that's right. what he's talking about. Right, right. So how can we therefore intermarry? And then we get to chapter 10, the end of the book. While Ezra was praying and confessing, this is 10 verse 1, weeping and throwing himself down before the house of God, a large crowd of Israelites, men, women, and children gathered around him. They too wept bitterly. Then Shechaniah, the son of Jethiel, one of the descendants of Elam, said to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the peoples around us. But in spite of this, there is still hope for Israel. Now let us make a covenant before our God and send away all these women and their children in accordance with the counsel of my Lord and of those who fear the commands of our God. Let it be done according to the law. Rise up. This matter is in your hands. We will support you. So take courage and do Take courage and do it. So Ezra rose up and put the leading priests and Levites and all Israel under oath to do what had been suggested. And they took the oath. Then Ezra withdrew from before the house of God and went into the room of Johananon, son of Elshabib, or Elshib. Yeah, close enough. While he was there, he ate no food and drank no water because he continued to mourn over the unfaithfulness of the exiles. A proclamation was then issued throughout Judah and Jerusalem for all the exiles to assemble in Jerusalem. Anyone who failed to appear within three days would forfeit all his property in accordance with the decision of the officials and the elders and would, be, and would himself be expelled from the assembly of the exiles. Amazing, eh? Um, yeah. Not, not much difference than the way every other country just lords it over their citizens. No individuality. If you don't come, um, we're taking all your property. Mm -hmm. we, we would be very upset if, if Trudeau started doing that to us. Yeah. And, and I, I read people that say that's actually coming by the way, but, but those are my, those are my uh, conspiracy theory friends that. Um, that uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I sometimes usually, I, sometimes I read them and go, man, I hope you guys are wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not just an idiot, not seeing what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. And so that's what they did. They said, look, if you don't come, we're taking your land. Mm, mm. the very thing the Romans did to them later on and, and the very thing the Persians did to them earlier on, the Babylonians and mm -hmm. their own people do it to them too. Interesting, right? Eh? right. Yes. There's really, really nothing new under the sun. Nothing absolutely new under the sun at all. No, and, and but when you read this, it, it's not reading as if this is a bad thing. It, it reads as if it's, a, it's an okay thing. And that's yeah. the weird part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Oh, I'll ask you a question about that at the end. Um, a proclamation a proclamation was then issued throughout Judah and Jerusalem for all the exiles to assemble in Jerusalem. Anyone who failed to appear, I think I just read this, didn't I? Anyone, yeah, who, failed, anyone who failed to appear within three days would forfeit all his property in accordance with the decision of all of the officials and elders and would, would himself be expelled from the assembly of the exiles. Finally, sorry, I've got up now, folks. Within three days, all the men of Judah and Benjamin had gathered in Jerusalem. On the 20th day of the ninth month, all the people were sitting in the square before the house of God, greatly distressed by the occasion and because of the rain. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. a yeah. mention yeah. of weather all of a sudden. It's a weird little thing, but it's the rainy season, and it made, that yeah. makes them upset as well. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> then Ezra, the we have priest. to leave our wives, and we're getting soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I looked at the app and said it was going to be sunny, and now it's raining. Um, <laughs> then Ezra, the priest, stood up and said to them, "You have been unfaithful. You have married foreign women, adding to Israel's guilt. Now honor the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do His will. Separate yourselves from the peoples around you and from your foreign wives. The whole assembly." responded with a loud voice, we must do as you say, but there are many people here and it is the rainy season, so we cannot stand outside. (laughs) Besides, this matter cannot be taken care of in a day or two because we have sinned greatly in this thing. Let our officials act for the whole assembly. Let everyone in our towns who has married foreign women come at a set time along with the elders and judges of each town until the fierce anger of our God in this matter has turned away from us. Only Jonathan, son of Asheril. Okay, let's stop there just for a second again. Yeah. Because, because I want to hit that part. Now, notice, Steve, that it, this is Judah and Benjamin. So mm-hmm. when you're doing this piece, the Samaritans have already been excluded. Like those from the Assyrian exile that stayed, yes. they tried to come back and be a part of it. The Israelites tried to become a part of it. But really, this is just Judah. It's not mm. Israel that, that they're doing all of this stuff with. So, so my thought is that these people from Judah and Benjamin had come back, and then they too married. Could have been Samaritan people. Mm, it could have mm-hmm. been Israelite people, like, or it could have been it could have been some of the other Canaanites in the land, right. or other people, right? But um, and and so then then this is the reason I stopped you here is because it's going to talk about Jonathan and Ashel and um, and and. Everybody else felt like this was the appropriate thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it reads like it was okay, right? And weird, weird, weird that they would go, yeah, it's raining. Let's let's just leave this for another day. And they go, okay, let's let's not do it. It's raining. <laughs> kind of strange. Anyway, so now now read 15 because these are the people that said no, but it's it's just one line. Uh, only Jonathan, son of Ashiel, and Jaziah, yeah. son of Tikvah, supported by Meshlam, and Shabbatai the Levite opposed this. Now, were they opposed? Were they opposed to this delay, or were they opposed to the whole thing? Now that you say that, I don't know. But my thought is that what they opposed was the was the divorcing their mm-hmm. wives, mm-hmm. because you're you're fulfilling one, you're breaking one command to fulfill another command. Yes. You know, yes. you're, you're, you're breaking the command of staying married, um, you know, and you're fulfilling this other one. And, and honestly, if they, if they do this stuff, there's an, there's an incredible amount of hardship that comes with this. If, yes. if you're leaving, like some of the guys are like, Oh, this is, this really worked out well. <laughs> <laughs> Had a wife for a while. Now I can start all over. But, but for, for most of them or for many of them, you think, you know, they're, they're leaving, they're leaving the woman they loved, the children they loved, the, the lives that they pulled mm-hmm. together. And if they're trying to figure this out, maybe they're also, they don't say that they're trying to figure out how to support these people that yeah. they're leaving. So they don't even talk about it. So this is probably one of the reasons why that, that Jewish author that I read said, actually, he felt that what Ezra did here was wrong. Mm-hmm. And that it was not right. And yet when you read it, it sounds like he did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Except this one group of people, this small group of people that opposed them. Yeah. And, and 
Well, I think that was my question for you is because is this a sense of a sense of of them invoking God's name without having direct without having clear direction from God other than them holding up these two commands that are in um, in conflict. Yes. Um, and and um, I, there is an issue here, isn't there? Mm. And we face a very similar issue uh, when bad now 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 we accept divorce and remarriage you know mm -hmm. out of hand. So it's not a big issue anymore. But before we accepted divorce and remarriage, when when non-Christian people who were divorced and remarried came to the Lord, we, we had to figure out what to do with them. Yes. Because what do you do if they were married and we said you shouldn't be divorced, but now you're remarried, you know, and then there's children involved. And and most of our decisions in those days were similar to this. Well, we were the opposite of this. We said, you, you can't break down these marriages once you've got them. Right. And it's weird because, you know, quite a number of Gentile people are, are in the lineage of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although they did, they did come around to faith. Like Ruth, Ruth would be my, you know, my quickest example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ruth the one that comes to mind too. Yeah, and Rahab, mm -hmm. of course. <clears throat> yeah. Like she's a great example of that, right? She was just yeah. a, um, a prostitute from from that city where the walls fell. Yes. What city, what city was that? Uh, I'm going to go with, I'll take Jericho for 200, please. Oh, Jer Jericho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> it's the only time I've been able to answer a question that you've asked, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, um, so I don't know whether they did the right thing here or not, hmm. but just to know that one of the authors really felt like what they did was actually in opposition to what God was asking them to do hmm. when they went back to the land. Hmm. It's interesting that way. Yeah, but I don't know what to do with it. It's one of those dumb things where the guy just tells you what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, verse sixteen, folks, and then we've got a whole bunch of names that I'll kind of skip through, but just be warned. So the exiles did as was proposed. Ezra, Ezra the priest selected men who were were family heads, one from each family division, and all of them designated by name. On the first day of the tenth month, they sat up, sat down to investigate the cases. By the first day of the first month, they had finished dealing with all the men who had married foreign women. And then and, and that's, a, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, you go. <clears throat> I was going to say, and then and then all that it is now that is is a list of names, which I think are important to read, but they're not important to read in this in for us to read them. Yeah. So and all the, plus they, all say, they they dealt with these married the, those married to foreign women, so. So they don't tell you what the answer is going to be in each case. Yeah. And it's, I mean, maybe just to note that it actually does last all the way from verse 18, all the way down to uh, verse 44. So there's a number of family heads that are involved all the way down through this. Yeah. All had married foreign women and some had children. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird story, but it's, you know, maybe it's a, a little bit of encouragement to us that that life just is not that easy. Yeah. You know, and when you're the leader of something, there's always hard stuff to deal with. Mm. So. Mm. But Ezra, Ezra is a key person in the Bible, um, so much so that that the pseudepigraphic literature put their authorship before the time of Ezra. Mm -hmm. So it's um, it's this is a very important time. Yeah. 
this is what did we say it was around 460 we are now yeah yeah remember they started coming over from persia in 530 ish mm-hmm. and now we're down to about 460 and and uh and the uh the persians by the way they're they're full on battle with greece right now so they've got other things on their minds right right yeah. right so uh right. so these things are able to happen yeah now 460 um, you're gonna, you're coming. Uh, Alexander the Great's gonna be coming through pretty soon. Hmm. Um, he died. Well, 323. So you're, you're I, I guess that's a hundred years. I, sh- I shouldn't make it sound like it's, yeah. it's three weeks, but uh, yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's 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 it for Ezra. That's interesting. Well, and I mean, you have to admire. I mean, like you said, there there might be a few guys who are like, man, I've always wanted to get rid of her anyway, and there might be a few women that was like, man. I am so glad to lose this loser. But yeah. the devotion of these people to their God and to what they believed to be willing to do this. That's no yeah. small feat. Yeah. Yeah, they gave their hands in pledge, it says, and put their wives away. And for their guilt, they presented a ram and a, and an, and a guilt offering. Mm. So, so they really did stuff that the Israelites weren't supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, I think, you know, the hard things that we can be called to. Are we going to be that obedient when we're called to that hard thing, too? So, Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, we live in Canada where nothing really happens. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not, he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> folks, I hope that gives you some encouragement as you think about, you know, again, like we're saying, these people that are called to something hard, like Larry says, you know, they have to give up their wives and their families and their lives to obey God here. And whether it was this is what exactly God wanted, or maybe this is not what God wanted, they still did it regardless because they thought it was the right thing to do. And God cares about them being his chosen people. So, yeah. Um, but that comes to. To the conclusion of Ezra. So next week we're going on to something else. Do we want to give them a little preview, or do we want to do Nehemiah? Nehemiah. <laughs> wow, that's the weirdest way I think I've said that out loud. We thought he was the shortest guy in the Bible, <laughs> and, and then we met Abdul the Shuhite. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible old dad joke, isn't it? Yeah. I was saving that for next week. If we oh, <laughs> well, we we'll tell it again. again. We'll, we'll tell, tell it again. again. So yeah, we're off to Nehemiah because it kind of has a nice little dovetail from Ezra to Nehemiah here, folks. But it was one book, Steve, and we'll, yeah. we'll mention that again. So. Yeah. Oh, that was right. Well, well played, sir. Yes, it was one book. So, all right, folks. But thank you for joining us for for this week. Again, we're so thankful that you come along and listen every week. We do this because we enjoy doing it anyway. We would have done it if there was only one other audience member than what we have right now. <laughs> We'd still do it because we enjoy doing it. But thanks for coming along for the ride. Um, And uh, we'll see you next week here on the Apocalypse Podcast.